everybody, and welcome back to The Healing Circle, a space for conversation, meditation, and education about all things faith, relationships, and mental health. Today, we have a very special guest. We have Quita Harris with us, and I'm going to have Quita introduce herself. Hi, y'all. Um, I am Shaquita, better known as Quita Harris. Um, I am stationed here. Station. I I live here in beautiful Wilmington, North Carolina. I am a mom to three, a wife of one, and working to become everything that God has created me to be. Yes, girl. When you said station here, that's it, it feels like that. Yes, stationed. <laughs> I've been here for a while. Yes, if you are a woman of color in Wilmington, it's almost like being deployed. Yes, yes, <laughs> an extended deployment. Yes, yes, and you don't know when it ends. Yes, <laughs> yes. Today, we are going to talk about the importance of friendship and friendship in different seasons, mostly because I just think that, especially in the age of transition that most of us are in, friendship is such an essential part of our mental health, our spiritual health, our emotional health. Um, So Quita, I want to ask you, what was friendship like growing up for you? Like what role did friendship play in your life as you grew up? Okay, so for me, friendship was very important. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of siblings, but I was kind of raised as a single child living with my grandmother. Mm -hmm. So, and I didn't interact a lot with my other siblings. So for me, my friends became my siblings. They were like my my brother and my sister. So, Mm -hmm. and also I think with using my friendship in my childhood, they were kind of like filling a void. So I would do anything beginning very young to have those friendships because I didn't have a great relationship with my siblings or I wasn't around them as much. I was kind of like the outcast child. Um, So for me, I used those friendships to fill those voids. So, hey, we want to play this. I really don't want to play that. But hey, I'll play with it if it means you'll be my friend. Mm -hmm. Um, And so and I think we'll talk more about that as we continue talking today. But as you can kind of see how that's kind of like my how my perception of friendship and people pleasing started mm. um, back in the day with kind of like creating those friendships or those spaces where those friendships were like my quote unquote brothers and sisters. Yeah. And like as we develop friendships with people, it's really to fill this void of like loneliness. Right. Look, I don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be alone. So yes. please be my friend. Right. And I just thought it was so interesting that you said like you kind of bended to what the whoever your potential friend was yes needed so that you could mitigate this loneliness right how else do you feel like friendship has affected your personality and like that type of friendship you know what I mean do you feel like yeah how do you think that's affected so and it's very interesting because I feel like I am learning this like now in this season of my life and I would say this season of my life may have started like in 2017 mm. is when I was really learning to like understand who I am yeah. as a mom and as a wife and every other role that I fulfill I kind of started to feel even with everything that I had that I was still missing something mm. um and I started to understand as with through reading and prayer and just hanging out with other seasoned friends or people within those roles that I felt that I was not loving who I was. Mm. And I felt that that me loving who I was became misplaced when I was younger because I was trying to be that people pleasing friend or that friend that even though I didn't want to do it, but you wanted to do it. And by me doing what you want to do, it means that we get to hang together. Okay. So I'll do that with you. And so I feel that that 
aided in my displacement of loving who I am, mm-hmm. aided in, in my displacement of hiding who I am or not being okay or accepting who I am because, you know, what I want may not be what she or he wants. So I really want them to be my friend. So let me just not worry about what I want and just do mm-hmm. everything that you want so that we can hang and be friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just, I know. There was a nail and you just, you just hit that Yes, nail. girl. Because I think that there's so many people who, one, have a lot of friends. Yes. And haven't really evaluated the quality of their friendships. Right. And like when we do what you just did, you know, being able to say like, yeah, I got these friends, but <laughs> am I able to be myself? Right. Am I able to love myself and be friends with you? Right. Mm, if the answer is no, we probably shouldn't be friends or we should reevaluate friendship. Right. But I think there's just so many people out here who have a lot of friends or like a lot of finger quotations, acquaintances. Yes. And then they're still lonely. Yeah. And I think that's like one of the worst feelings. I mean, we've heard this saying before. um, I guess it relates to like marriage. Like, there's no point in being with someone if you still feel alone. I think yes. that also applies across all relationships. Yeah. If you have to be this person's friend at the expense of who you are, that friendship isn't worth it. Just like you accept that friend, you know, to do whatever they want to do or whatever the case may be, you want you should put yourself in a position too and understand that the things that you want are just as important. You know, and you find those friends that also accept you. Um, a lot of what I learned as well is that um, someone one of my mentors told me that people do to you what you allow them to do to you. Mm. And so in 2017, 2018, and just still growing in this season now, I'm learning that I'm having to um, till a lot of soil that I've uh, that I've allowed fester and grow. Yeah. A foundational work that I've allowed to be placed to allow people to treat me a certain way. I don't blame them. It was me trying to fill a void. And it was yeah. also me just not knowing who I was. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that, again, in the season of transition, everyone's kind of realizing, because well, growing up, we have school, we have right. events, you have college, you have all these things you're trying to, like, juggle, but then when you hit, like, your mid-20s and you're, like, starting to develop, like, a semi-stable life, yeah, like, you really figure out what matters, yeah, and, like, you realize, like, hey, having these eight friends but still feeling lonely is not worth it right it's not worth my time right and you know i i think that it's there's so many people who are lonely yeah and i think that that's something that really hit me in my practice yeah is like i didn't realize how many people came to therapy because they were lonely right and like that's what's really broken my heart is like seeing women who look just like me come in to my office and just be like, I have no friends. Yeah. And it's like, well, tell me about your family. Tell me about people you grew up with. And and it's like, yeah, like I have friends. Like I have people to go out and get drinks with. But like, I can't tell them I'm depressed. Right. They're going to tell me, girl, get over it. Right. I can't tell them that I have postpartum. Right. They're going to say, girl, don't do something to your baby. You know, like, and so there are these people who are coming into this office with me who are like, trying to figure out how to feel and how to share how they feel, like develop that language. But also like part of our plan is like, hey, when we end therapy, you have to go out and get friends. Yes. Like I can't go out there with you. Right. And you have to develop relationships where if you feel like that downward spiral coming on, you need to call someone that you know, someone that knows you and 
a lot of people now don't have anyone around them that knows them. Right. And I think that it is also very important for us um, as humans, as women, as moms, you know, whatever our roles may be, to understand that it is okay to be who we are. Yeah. Um, our flaws, our imperfections are the core of who we are. And yeah. that in due season and in time, God will put the right people in our lives that see beyond that. Yeah. I think that um, we are also so afraid to show our imperfections. You know, you want to mm-hmm. be that good friend. Yeah. Um, but sometimes we can't. You know, sometimes, you know, what you need, sis, maybe a counselor. And I'm not a counselor, <laughs> yeah. but you may want to find you one you know yeah. and so like you know I've I've learned that like what you mentioned um and it's so sad to, to hear you say that you know people that say hey I don't have any friends but they yeah. do have friends mm-hmm. and then it just makes you think think what is what is the definition of a friend you know mm-hmm. how how do you measure the quality of what people consider to be a friend I think um today's society and like social media kind of masks all of that because yes. even Facebook friends no yeah. that should be called associates just yeah. people that I know that I went You're to high school with. With yes friends. yes yeah. you know um and I just kind of think that we kind of get lost in that and then I just think that it is great to just you know be who you are mm. be unashamed of who you are and that is what I'm learning now is just being free to be who I am and just mm. learning who I am and just yeah. accepting that there are friends that may not accept it and that is okay um, but Christ will give me those people that will accept me for who I am and that will love me for who I am. And those are my mm-hmm. friends yeah. in and out of season. You know, just because I don't call you every day does not mean that we're not friends. I'm just yeah. busy, sis, like yeah, real busy. Yeah. <laughs> I still love you. Hard. Yes. You know, but I still want that friend that understands that, hey, I haven't heard you in a month. But I just want to just show you love. I want to just send you this text, you know, mm-hmm. Um but I'm still here for you. Those are the type of friends that I think in this season of my life, with my life being so busy, that I love and that I appreciate. Yeah. Uh, and I just think that because I've started to understand who I am mm-hmm. and not trying to overextend myself for quote unquote friendships, that the Lord has been making space for those friends and those people to be in my life. Yeah. What season of your life do you feel like friendship has been most influential in? Um probably when I started to learning who I was. Mm. Um, I think that was the most important because like I said, prior to that time, I had created this atmosphere or this environment where I would cater to whatever my friend needed or whatever their desires were. And so, but when I started to make a change, like, you know what? No, I want to say, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go here. I don't agree with what you're thinking. And then some friends couldn't accept that. Some Mm. friends, oh, you think you're too much or this, that, and the third or whatever. And I'm like, no, I just... I love me. And in that season, you know, for me, it's it's very hard to transition from being a people pleaser. Yeah. It is. And I don't, and it's so weird. I don't, I don't, it's, and I was talking to a lot of people. It's very interesting to hear that there are a lot of people who are people pleasers. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's very interesting to do that. And when you are a people pleaser and people are used to you being a people pleaser and when you tell them no, and they Mm -hmm. get all kinds of upset in that moment, to me, the friendships that are genuine and that understand, hey, you're growing, you're flourishing. I want to change with you. I want to grow with you. I want to be in this space with you while you're growing. That, to me, was friendships that are meaningful, friendships that are worth withholding and holding on to. And the friendships that 
are with me in this season of growing, this season of being different, this season of just becoming a woman, yeah. a godly woman, a godly mom. Yeah. Those are the friendships that are, have been so meaningful to me. Friendships, like I said, people that just text me because it's Monday and say, hey, have a good day. Yeah. Those, those are the ones that mean everything to me. Friends that are like, I've had a friend um, when I had my um, one of my children and I was just going through this whole just transition area and time of just having one kid from one kid to two. Mm. And this friend came to my house and literally came down and just started folding my clothes. Mm. Like, because my house was just so disheveled. Those are the friends that I need, yeah. you know, friends that I can be just completely vulnerable with and, you know, versus, Hey, you come, let me clean up my house before you get here. No, yeah. look, this is me look, at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The diaper that somehow got under the couch. Yes. Like you're just going to have to do it. Yes. With it. And those are the friendship to me that mean a lot. Like when I'm transitioning and yeah. you're still there for me and you understand and you have grace with me in this moment of understanding that I may not know how to be a friend to you at this time, but I need you to be a friend to me, yeah. you know, and just learning and loving me in that space and, mm. and making sure that I don't get too lost in the sauce or too far out of my calling or too far away from my purpose, but yeah. just learning and just walking with me through my growth. Yeah. I think that friendship for people pleasers is so hard. Yes. It's so painful. Yes. As like a fellow people pleaser who's like trying to f fight my way out of like this environment in my heart of people pleasing because at the core of people pleasing is a trauma of rejection. Right. At some point, whether it was when you're a kid or when you're an adult, like you were rejected. Right. You know, I was rejected. And so the, our response to that trauma of being rejected is I'm going to earn people's favor. I'm going to love them so well that they won't have a choice to say right. no to me. I'm going to yes. love, I'm going to give them everything that they want. So they'll have no reason to reject me. Yes. Right. Cause rejection also breeds like the desire for control. Yeah. Oh because my God, <laughs> yes. if we, if we could control the situation, it would have ended up differently. Yes. So here we are people, people pleasing because we're trying to gain control. People are pleasing because we don't want to be alone and isolated because we felt the pain of that yes and then we end up in friendships that are not fulfilling that are not intimate yeah that are not reciprocal yeah and the only way to get out of it is to force ourselves to accept the possibility of rejection again yes and that was the absolutely was absolutely the the most difficult thing i had to do in friendship as an adult yeah was to say you know to someone that i love so dearly like, I don't know if I can continue being friends with you because I have to take care of myself. Yes. You know, like this is this was in a season where I was like, look, me and postpartum was we were we were blow for blow. Yes. We were like the one of the last serious. Yes, it is. Yes. It is. It really is like it. It it'll make you not want to be here. Yes. It'll make you so overwhelmed. And, and it was a moment where I had to say, like, I I just can't. Yes. And I need you to be there for me. And like, if you can't be there for me, I understand there's no ill will towards you. But like, I'm dealing with something that affects my life, that affects my child's life, that affects my husband's life. And so I can't please you. Yeah. And like, I remember the, just like the pain emotionally of having to feel like I was disappointing someone else. Yeah. Because I'm a people pleaser, but also the pain of losing someone. Yeah. 
And a lot of us feel like when we make good decisions, that there's not a cost, but there's still a cost for everything. Yes. Every decision is a cost. With yeah. It. Yeah. Like yeah. you can make the best decision in the world and you still might lose something. Yes. And that was something that I knew mentally, but really had to process emotionally was right. like, God, I know that I'm doing the right thing. I know that I'm standing up for myself when I usually don't. I know that I'm saying what I need. I know that I'm asking in a way that is loving to me and to them. And still this, this relationship disintegrated. Yeah. And I think that's a very hard part. Um, being a people pleaser and looking for that acceptance and it still ends in rejection. Mm. I think that is like one of the most painful experiences. And then I experienced a friendship like that. There was nothing that I could do to hold on to this friendship as much as I wanted it to. And as an adult, I would find myself crying for this friend. Mm. And I felt so ashamed because I'm like, I have so many other things I can be focusing on, so many other friends that care, so many other friends that are concerned or whatever. And I am spending my time right now after a friend that doesn't see my worth you know mm. and it, it was very painful to stand up for myself and it's like you know what no no longer would I allow myself to be in this place no yes, longer would no I longer. allow you to be a quote-unquote friend that makes me feel the way that I feel yeah and it was a painful process mm. um but I through that I trust God I trusted God through that and yeah. I know that I'm like Lord like even with what you're saying, even decisions that are best decisions that still may end up in a friendship or whatever ending, yeah. in my opinion, that's still the best decision. Yeah. Even in it ending is still the best decision. Yeah. And it's hard. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, and it was so weird. I felt that I was so weird because I could see so many people um, that may or may not have been people please or maybe just mask how they felt that relationships could end and they can move on. <laughs> and it didn't matter to them. And yeah. I'm thinking I would literally mm. ask, like, how do you do that? I mean, yeah. do you, is that a different <laughs> genetic makeup that yeah, you have? You got I'm like, genes. because for me, you know, I feel or I'm, it's my desire to put like myself into my friendships, my, yeah. my love, my compassion, my thought into friendships. So to walk away from it is not just a fly by night thing. So yeah. how do you process that? Mm-hmm. And then I just know whether or not, you know, for them, that is how they process things. For me, I couldn't. Yeah. No matter how hard I, you know, yeah. I wanted to, I couldn't. And it frustrated me because I wanted to just get over this and move on, but yeah. I couldn't, you know. Um, but I'm thankful that as time has gone by and allowing myself to grow in Christ that it's become easier and mm. not saying I'm just trying to get rid of all my friendships yeah, but it's yeah. become easier <laughs> to understand when those seasons end yeah. it's become easier to understand that like God makes all things new mm. and I even think about it with like a lot of people that are in my lives that are like older I mean like in their yeah. 50s or 60s and how they can't even remember friends that they were like best friends in their yeah. lives and I'm like well I'm only 30 so this thing right here to me which is so major to me at this point in my life maybe be nothing yeah when I'm older and so right and so I've I've learned to just not sitting in that place not to sit in that season and to just completely trust God and just say you know what Lord I thought this person was going to be a friend for life but in your word you were like no this is just seasonal and so I'm learning to trust you that in this season this person is going out of my life and in due season you will put and bring back the right people and I'm just learning to just trust God in and out of season yeah which is difficult it because is. for people pleasers, we don't want to be alone. No. We don't want to disappoint We want to make everyone happy. Everyone happy. At the expense of our own yep. happiness. Yep. And that's 
and it got to a point where it sucked. Yeah. It sucked always feeling that, you know, for example, for Christmas, you give everyone gifts and no one thinks to give you anything. Look, wait a look. <laughs> and it's not here. like you're looking for anything. It's just you think, hey, I thought about you. So no one thinks about me. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and I had to say, I put myself first. Not saying yeah. that I don't care, but I also have to put myself, just, you know, just to make sure that, like, love yourself. Find yeah. those people that notice when you've been quiet for weeks, mm. you know? Um, I've had friends um, also that have been going through different seasons, and I would tell them, hey, I understand that right now you need me to be more of a friend than you can be to me. Yeah. But I say that with friends that I know that if the shoe were on the other foot, yeah. it can be reciprocated, Absolutely. you know? Um, because friendships are hard. They are. I feel like friendships are the perfect playground for all of our unaddressed trauma. Yes. And especially for people of color who are so communal. It's just, we are. We're yes. so communal, but we're not always intimate. Yes. And I think that oftentimes we project our family issues into our friendships. Yes. You know, that like... You'll see a lot of people who have had poor relationships with their mothers and like those same patterns are projected onto their friendships. Yes. You know, and just having to also be in places where I have had to communicate like, hey, like I I love you, but I can't be your parent. Yes. You know, I can't be your everything. Yes. And I think obviously romantic relationships are a place where that you know, shows itself as well. But I think that for friendship, friendships are so meaningful for women of color. I mean, like it, we, we're such, um, and I don't say it in the negative connotation of the word, but like just what the word means, like we're such an isolated group. Yeah. You know, like we're, um, I think I read a study that said that, um, women of color, black women rather, are the only group of women in any major culture where um, men of the same race and ethnicity don't want to be with them. Right. Meaning that, like, white men traditionally like white women, Asian men traditionally like Asian women, but, like, that's not the preference for black men. Right. You know, and so, but then also we're not necessarily preferred amongst other other men. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, for... Black women, we have built this sisterhood and not saying that like, oh, because men don't want us, we're lonely. <laughs> right. But just to say that like we've had to build a sisterhood. We've yes. had to to have each other's backs. And so there's a way that our friendship is not just um, out of desire. It's necessary. Right. Like camaraderie amongst black women is necessary for our survival. Yeah. It's necessary for our children. It's necessary for our community. Right. Um. But it's also so hard to navigate actual intimacy. Yes. And I think, too, I think a, a, a major component of that is that we are afraid to be vulnerable. Mm. We feel that showing our vulnerability shows weakness. Yep. And I am learning that it actually shows strength. It takes yeah. strength to be vulnerable with someone that is your friend. Yeah. You know, I mean, for us as African-American or as women, it's it's, a, it's hard to be vulnerable with your husband. It's hard yeah. to be vulnerable with your family. Yeah. So imagine just a friend that can easily go away and all of this. And I also think that, like, for us... Um, social media or like what's in the the media plays a, a, a role in it like oh, for yes. instance it's easy to watch you know all these reality shows oh where God. friendships of 15 years 
dissipate in like 15 seconds over yeah. some type of social media drama we grew up together and now i'm throwing a drink in your face yes and, and we're no longer you. friends and i hate you and we <laughs> yeah. can never speak again yeah. and i just feel yeah. and it's it's so sad because it shows like that's the norm and that's what's yeah. expected and to me I would think, and I think about relationships or friendships as a, like a, a job in a sense. Like if yeah. I've put 15 years in this relationship, we're going to have a conversation before we end this thing, girl. Correct. Because like, <laughs> and, I'm, and I just, yeah. I, I, I yeah. want to, you know, display that. I want to live that type of life to, to let people know that you mean more to me than X, Y, and Z. And like, yeah. you know what, what happened? That don't sound like you. Are you having a bad day? Let's yeah. talk about it. What's going What's on? Going on? Yeah. Right. And I think yeah. just having that grace, you know, being vulnerable with one another also helps with those friendships as well. Um, and even with that, just learning, say, hey, this is toxic for me. And I say no. And I've set these boundaries mm. that if you can't respect me, if you can't respect my boundaries, it's okay. I love you, but from a distance. Yeah. Because right now I choose to put myself first when it comes to, to things like that yeah. and I just think it's very important knowing that line of toxicity versus hey she's just having a bad day yes you know yeah. and I think it's just very very important to recognize and to know that yeah I think an essential thing that a lot of people period struggle with in friendship is correcting people yes it's always an attack if you correct someone yes. or you're afraid that they're going to receive it as an attack or you're afraid that you're going to come off ungrateful. But like, I'm learning that myself that like, I don't correct friends yeah, because I'm nervous and I'm yeah. scared and like, I'm a people pleaser and yeah. I would rather have like friends that are kind of close than have no friends at all. Yes, But like to say, <clears throat> excuse me, to say, hey, I told you that I was sad and you told me girl, you're married, you shouldn't be sad, you know, <laughs> that hurt my feelings. Yes. And I would like for you to like actually ask me what's wrong. Yeah. And I mean, just communicating need and friendship is so essential, but it's so difficult to develop that voice yourself. Yes. You know, and I think that is why it's so important to have friends who know you yeah. and see you, yeah. who can ask like, hey, like, is something up? Is yes. there anything going on? Yeah. And not saying that it's always your friend's job to figure out what's wrong with you and then ask you and inquire about it. But I think that it's important to to let people see you as well. Right. Let people see you broken. Yes. Let people see you, uh, you know, when you're leaking breast milk, and you're tired and you haven't slept in three days and you yes. haven't brushed your teeth yet. Yes. You know, like let people see you in those places because without vulnerability, our needs can't ever be truly met. Right. And I know that you and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago. And I just even think creating that space to be like, hey, if you see me in the room, catch me. Yeah. You know, and you find you're finding those friends or you seek to find those friends where you're like, hold me accountable. Yeah. I mean, I've had a friend that told me the same thing. And then when I held them accountable, it became an argument. So I'm yeah. like, okay, so you really don't want accountability. So yeah. I'm going to move on <laughs> yeah. because that is not what, you know, what I'm seeking to accomplish. I don't want you to feel that I'm, you know, knocking you down. But yeah. some as friends, we should be able to say, hey, Quita, what you said hurt my feelings. And I should not be defensive and be able to and be willing to hear out what you're saying mm -hmm. and understand the place that yeah. you're coming from versus just saying, well, you have to just accept it because that's just who I am and oh well. Uh, you know? <laughs> that's just who I am. There's yes. nothing worse than that. Yes. And I just think that that's an excuse mm. um, to not address the issue. That's yeah. an excuse not to apologize. Yeah. That's an excuse 
just an excuse, period. I just think that it's a sad excuse because, you know, if I come to you and say what you said hurt my feelings, whether or not you feel that it did or not, I'm letting you know that it hurt my feelings. So just dismissing me doesn't make my feelings feel better, right. you know? Right. <laughs> um, right. So, and just, you know, and I also feel that we shouldn't be saying, oh, that's just how I am when what how you are hurt me. Yeah. Like, in my mind, I'm like, okay, if I hurt your feelings, Kobe, you're like, hey, you know, what you did hurt my feelings. I'm like, that's just how I am. I should be able to say, wait a minute, what did I do? Because am I, is she the only one that's bold enough to tell me that? Yeah. Am I just an anal person to people, but no one's afraid, everyone's afraid to tell me? Yeah. Um, just recognizing that and just being able and being willing to do the inner work for that friend, for that friendship, you know? Yeah. Um, because, I mean, friendship is love. Love is a behavior. Love is action, you know? Yeah. So why not, if we have made a decision, a mutual decision to be friends, want the best for one another, Yeah, you know, and not just dismiss us or just pass us off as being, okay, it is what it is. Just accept that's just what I said and it is, and you know? apart from that's just how I am as being an excuse. It's also a defense. It is. It's a way to... It's a weak defense. Yeah, it look, weak, <laughs> weak. It's a defense. It's a way to say, you know what? I don't want to have to acknowledge that something that I did unintentionally yes. hurt you. Yes. And hurt someone It's a pride thing. Deeply. Yeah, it's a pride thing. Yeah. You know, and, and I think that <laughs> marriage has taught me that you can try as hard as you possibly can and still fail. Yes. And that's okay. Yes. And I think, like, understanding, to me, I've, I've learned and I'm learning that pride is not worth relationships. Mm. I mean, because... Sometimes with being so prideful, you will end up alone. Alone. Like, alone. And, and like cannot make friends on the best day because yeah. of your pride. And I just think that everyone's feelings should be validated. Whether or not I agree with how, you know, if you say, hey, what you said hurt my feelings. Whether that in my mind, I really think that, okay, I don't understand how it hurt your feelings. Yeah. But just being willing to say, okay, I apologize for what I, you know, just it's that easy, you know, yeah. just being able to just show that love and that compassion and that grace for your friend and not just being so easy to dispose of your friend because mm. of you, you're unafraid to say two words. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, and I just think that it's very, very important for me as a mom with raising two girls and even my son yeah. to cultivate a culture that shows that people are important. People are yeah. vital. People like they're meaningful. So mm -hmm. don't just, I mean, like I said, if it's, if it's toxic, ask God to give you grace to kind of move on from that. Yeah. But don't just throw away people for small things. Yeah. You know, don't just throw away people for pride of all things, yeah. you know? Um, so that's just one thing that I've also, I, I work in my mind. And I was talking to one of my other friends and I was like, yo, really hard. I mean, they're they really worth are. it, but they're like... They're difficult. And they're difficult to maintain. They bring yes. up the all the things in you that you don't want people to see. They yes. bring them up anyways. Yes. You know, because <laughs> when you said, like, you know, you don't want to just dispose of people. Yeah. I think that's a sign of people pleasing, too. Because, to be honest, that was me in friendship growing yeah. up. If I can't please you, I'm just going to withdraw. Yes. If I can't please you, I'm just not going to engage. Yes. And... So I feel like for people who do really focus on trying to make sure that everyone else is okay, like it's, it really is building this wall around yourself yeah. that leaves you alone. Yeah. You know, you're trying to protect yourself from being rejected, but little do you know, you're only positioning yourself right. in a place of rejection yes. when you're not 
communicating your needs and when you're not engaging reciprocally in relationship. Yeah. And I also think that it is very important for us to be open-minded to friends. Yeah. To um I hate this saying and I know it was a popular saying, no new friends. I think that's like the, the stupidest yeah, thing no ever. I hate that because <laughs> I feel that when you're closed-minded like that, you're unwilling to allow new people that God wants to bring into your life. Like yeah. you and I have met within the last 10 years of me living here in Wilmington. Yeah. And if I was like no new friends, we wouldn't be sitting here right now being able to spread this message to whom, whomever yeah. ears it may fall upon. So I think that it's very just important to just be open to the things of Christ, mm-hmm. to be open to the people of Christ. And that is in both ways, to be open yeah. to new people and to be open to your friends and their changing, their yeah. changes, I'm sorry, and all their growth and all of that. Just be open, you know, to that because you don't want to miss an assignment or a calling or a thing that God has for you doing because of your closed-mindedness. Mm-hmm. And that especially goes for Christian people. Yes. If you, all of your friends are Christian, what are you doing? Yes. If all of your friends believe exactly what you believe, what are you doing? Right. And I just, and I also feel that... When you have friends that don't believe what you you believe, don't chug that down their throats, yeah. you know? Just love them where they are. To me, I want my life to be an example. Yeah. I don't want to have to always, the Lord said do this and this and this and this and this. I want my life to speak of that yeah. to the point where you're like, hey, you know, your kids were screaming the other day, how did you manage to be so calm? I'm like, girl, <laughs> it's the Lord. Like, <laughs> yeah. how did you and Jay manage to be married for all this time? Jesus trust you know just different things like that like I have friends that are like that too that have a lot of kids or more kids or different things and they're continued to be like content and things like that and just Mm. learning and their life encourages mine without them even saying a word yeah and just learning um just learning those aspects of like friendships just learning you know that you know people are different you Mm. accept them just like Christ accepted us and accepts us and you you grow with them yep yep yeah and something I really, I was thinking about as you're talking is like the gifts of God are without repentance. Yes. I think that oftentimes Christian people, we're kind of going on a tangent, but oftentimes Christian people think that if someone is not Christian, they have nothing to offer me. Right. No, that's right. not the case. Absolutely. The person who helped me through the hardest time of my life, um, my therapist, she's not a Christian. Right. But if I decided like, oh, I'm not going to her because she's not a Christian, I don't know where I would be, Correct. to be honest. Correct. I, you know, and I think that that's part of friendship too. I think that like that pride too, that that's present in like our religious positionings too. Like right. don't think you out here because you believe in Jesus that you can walk around stomping on people's feelings, yes. dictating what they should and shouldn't feel right. and thinking that you have like the magic answer because God's placed a gift in them too, whether they believe or not. The Correct. gift of God is without repentance. Right. And I mean, and, and not to, you know, say that they're the least of them, but a lot of times in the Bible, we found Christ among the least of them. Yeah. You know? And so if, and I say this, and it's kind of like on a tangent as well. If you're in the room and you're the best in that room, you're in the wrong room. Okay. You know, so you should be in a place where your light is shining and your light is drawing others. Yeah. And that's with your friendships, with your relationships, or, you know, even at your job or whatever, you should be in a place where people are inspired by Christ in you. Yeah. And that's how your friendship should be as well. You know, I have friends who are not married. But yeah. have a significant other. You know, yes, in my mind, what my belief is marriage, you know, X, Y, and Z. But who am I to do that? Who am I yeah. to judge them because of that? My job is to love them as that friend in my life, such an example of who Christ is to them. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. 
And that's where that's where the people pleasing, you know, yes. it has to die. Yes. Pleasing people has to die. Loving and not saying that pleasing people, period, has to die. That sounded a little off. But like <laughs> like the the idea that we can't give people our authentic selves. Right. The idea that we have to withhold our authentic selves so that we can let people be near us. Because right. really the flip side of that coin is that my authentic self repels people. Yes. And to believe that about yourself is such such a loss. Right. Not just a loss for you, but a loss for everyone around you. Right. Because your authentic self draws people. Right. Right. It may not draw the people that you want it to draw. Right. But it does draw people. Right. And I think that that's so important. I just think that it is so important to love and accept your authentic self and know that your authentic self is worthy. Yeah. It is worthy of friendships. It yeah. is worthy of the right friendships, the right relationships. Yes. And you don't have to change who you are. And this is so interesting we're talking about this because I am actually in the process of writing a blog about this. Yeah. About changing who you are to fit in with people. Mm-hmm. And I'm just learning that you don't have to do that. You yeah. know, who you are is just fine. You know, you know, all of your flaws, you know, all of who you are, all of your tendencies, all of that stuff is amazing and will be accepted by the right people yeah. you know and just trusting god to make those things right yeah yeah so let's leave off our listeners with two pieces of advice especially for people who are people pleasers yeah or recovering people pleasers yes. trying to engage in authentic friendship what are yes. two pieces of advice that you have for um so one thing i would say is that um is it's, it's very misleading to be a people pleaser because um, people, they're still not loving the authentic you. Yeah. So always love the authentic you um, and always be unafraid to show that. Mm-hmm. Um, and trust God completely. Trust God with your changes, with who you are, where you've been, mm-hmm. um, so that he can continue to put those right people in your lives. You know, be unafraid of who God has called you to be. So I kind of did one and two blended together. Yeah. Um, but that will be my advice to people pleaser as I'm learning to, I'm still recovering as a people pleaser. Um, but just, you know, the love who you are and be unafraid of your authentic self. Yeah. And I think one piece of advice that I will leave you people pleasers and recovering people pleasers (laughs) with, um, is don't be afraid to communicate what you need. Right. Like I had so much fear and friendship and relationship and it really any type of connection with people with communicating like what I needed. Right. And that is something that, you know, had to start disintegrating, especially with motherhood. But like right. it's essential that you learn how to communicate with people right. what you need and how they can offer it. Yes. So that they have the opportunity to do so. Yes. Yeah. Yay. Well, thank you so much, Queen. Yes, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yes, we love you. Yes, I love you guys too. (laughs) Until the circle comes back around, I'll see you guys next time. Make sure to rate, to comment, and to subscribe so people can find the podcast. We'll see you guys soon.